Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yes, I'm here. And it's it's time to go. This one, we might actually have a short episode, but we'll see. I, I, we'll see how it goes. I think short for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm thinking an hour and a half, two hours. That's my... Yeah, probably, because I guess there is no real... like. There's not a lot of news, or very much of it. There's least. not a lot of news. You played one game. I did. And then we have Sega Part 3, which we were just saying how Sega didn't... I mean, it's nowhere near, like, Nintendo levels, so... No, definitely not. <laughs> so... Um, did you see any other news or did I pretty much get anything? No, I tried to look for stuff earlier and like, it's basically just like a bunch of announcements. Like, I mean, PSO two is out now on Xbox one. Right. And it'll come out later in May. The guilty gear strive beta is going on and it looks like it's a fake video game. It looks so good. It's unbelievable. I don't know how they do it every time. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, yeah, it's just like weird announcements like that or things that are coming out. Right. I, and I threw yeah. in one that I like because I actually will probably play it. And yeah. We'll just start with that. The XCOM uh, Chimera Squad. Yeah. And that's like a smaller, more focused XCOM game, right? Yes. It seems like we're like you're going to be it's going to be the aliens and like the humans working together. Yeah, and also I saw that it's not, like, necessarily procedurally generated characters. Like, they are predetermined characters. Right. Yeah. And it, it I'm looking on Steam, it's only going to be $20, which it's actually, there's, like, a pre-ordered, like, sale. It's only $10 if you were to buy it right now, oh, pre-order wow. it, so. When is it supposed to come out? I didn't see that part, I guess. Um, I thought... Yeah, April 24th, so like a oh, week. Oh, Jesus. Yes. How could... <laughs> That's a really quick uh, announce to release right there. Yes, I mean, they just like... uh, announced it, and they're like, hey, this is coming out in like two weeks, or less than two weeks. Yeah, I wonder what prompted that. Like, I, I wonder if this is just like a small test thing that they can get out there and see if people dig it or not, and then... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like XCOM 2 didn't sell well for them so they wanted to just and maybe people just didn't really like it i'm not entirely sure uh, yeah i don't know because i mean they made war of the chosen as a full expansion for it so yes and people really like that so yeah, i don't know yeah but then this they just kind of decided to not announce that they're working on this and then just come out of nowhere with a... yeah i it's very strange but that that's cool for people who are into that yeah, I'm going to be playing a lot of XCOM games this year, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Gears Tactics comes out that same week. Uh, and well, no, Gears Tactics... Oh, yeah, I guess it is the same week. Yeah, because it comes out that Friday, whereas this will come out on a Tuesday. Yeah, and then there's the uh, Romero game coming out later this year. Oh, yeah. Um, God, what is that called? Oh, I can never remember the name, but it's like it's about gangsters. Yes, oh, it's something gangsters. Yeah, I can't remember. But, I mean, either way, that's another one of the, one like that, so. Yeah. Not a lot to say, because we don't really know. It just kind of announced, and it was just like a weird tweet. Oh, Empire of Sin. That's what it's called. Empire of Sin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also, in kind of sadder news, um, 
according to Blur- Bloomberg, the website, uh, PS5, and they, they alluded to Xbox Series X is the same way, where they are on track to release later this year, but it seems like it's going to be very limited. Yeah, and that makes sense, uh, which, like, I don't know why people are getting so weird about this one because like obviously this is going to happen especially because of the way supply chains have been affected and even though they might be up more and especially places like china by the time that they're supposed to release it's still i i don't know it's just one of those things where it's not realistic to expect them to normally put out as many as they were going to i'm more surprised that they're actually going to do it just because i feel like Companies like Ubisoft and just Capcom or whoever has like launch titles, they're they have like certain projected, I assume sales numbers for these new consoles coming out, and if it's limited, I assume they're not going to sell very well. Well, but like think of, the Switch was limited too. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like people were trying to kill each other to get a Switch when it was brand new because. It it wasn't anywhere, and it was because they just didn't produce enough. And so, like, this will be the same thing. The only difference is the Switch really didn't have a lot of third-party support. No, but I mean, even in this case, like, it's still good for Sony and good for the people who released games because it's not like in the month and a half or two months that this is super scarce people are still going to buy those games in that month and a half when it's up. Right. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking like, they're not going to have great, like their, their sale, their projections are going to be, you know, way off from, you know, what they're initially projecting to, you know, what would actually happen. That's all I'm saying. So, well, but I'll, I mean, they would have to adjust that projection before yes. it released then. But I mean, even in that case, like launch sales are garbage always. Yes. And it would be that much worse now. So, but they also, I mean, you have to expect that in the first place. So yes, it's, yes. it's one of those things where I, I don't know, or those companies will just delay their game. That's what I was going to ask if like, if they just kind of say, you know what, Sony and Xbox, you can release your games and we'll just kind of delay until there's just more out there. I don't know. Uh, which, I mean, that could happen, but it's also one of those things where like these basically play all the past gen games as well. Yes. So it's... Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, they can still make a ton of money that way with stuff. So it's Yeah, the big question is, like, are there going to be those games that are just PS5 exclusives? And I guess Xbox exclusives. I mean, we know Xbox, like, the their first-party games are going to be both. But I don't know if, like, Ubisoft may have an Assassin's Creed that is only, you know, PS5 and Xbox Series X. So Yeah. <clears throat> I, I expect at this point Ubisoft of all developers is pretty aware of what <laughs> launch titles do yes. anyways because they're the first on the boat man they're all every where Ubisoft is releasing seven launch mm-hmm. titles and no other developers ever releasing <laughs> anything is usually the case but then again Just like with PC now I don't know if they're going to be concerned themselves nearly as much now that I think about it yeah, because like PC, who cares if there's not a lot of PC PS5s on the market? I mean, like the the PC port should be just ready to go. So I don't know. Yeah, which is true. <sighs> um, 
But yeah, Ubisoft, the Switch was like one of the first ones where they didn't have an, uh, a launch title, did they? No, they, well, uh, I can't say that for sure, because there's probably some dumbass Just Dance game. I mean, maybe they had, they released Just Dance. I mean, because like, I remember they definitely had um, Mario and Rabbids that first year. Yeah, and that was pretty shortly after. But that wasn't, yeah, that was like summer, and the, the Switch was February. Um, I just remember yeah, Just this, Dance 2017. They did release a Just Dance like that. They released Just Dance 2017 that day. I don't know if that really counts too much, just because that was already a, that's like a port. Well, but they make a buttload of money off that. They still make yes. that shit for the original Wii. I know, yeah, they, they it sells well. Um... Oh god, the launch lineup for the Switch sucked. It had bed it had one game. Uh well I, oh Shovel Knight came out that day. That's pretty that, cool. That once again, that doesn't count. It does. Fast RMX was new for the Switch then. I remember Snipper Clips was Snipper Clips as well. Fairly well received. I mean Nintendo yeah. had like one two switch and Breath of the Wild. Well they also had Snipper Clips. Oh yeah, Snipper Clips was uh published by them. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, you could have gotten Just Dance 2017 and mm-hmm. Skylanders, so <laughs> get hyped. Yeah, it was, the, I remember the first, like, probably four, four or five months of the Switch, it was just the Breath of the Wild machine. Also, looking at this is hilarious. One of the launch titles was World of Goo. I won a copy of World of Goo my freshman year of college. It was when Steam was just starting to get big. And uh, someone on a forum asked what would be the best Pokemon to eat. And I said, Embor, because I enjoy bacon. And I won a copy of World of Goo. Nice. I could have gotten it again on the Switch. Oh, that's insane. Uh, But with that, uh, Jason Schreier, the only true gaming journalist, is leaving Kotaku. Yeah, I'm really kind of curious of what that's going to do for the industry while he's gone, for starters. Because he's kind of like the big newsbreaker. I I mean, definitely. And I kind of wonder if he's going to be breaking news while he's not working somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know, but he basically, the, it said that the parent company of Kotaku is why he's leaving. Yes. Which I don't know if you remember this, but this all happened when you were in Japan. Yeah. I mean, they Gawker has been a, just a straight up trash garbage company for like years now. So yes, but I mean, there was surprising. a huge blow up when you, I remember when you were in Japan Yeah, and I was just like, Oh, this seems cause like they all left or something there was like a i don't remember exactly what happened in october but he even stated in his uh <clears throat> in his letter or whatever you want to call it mm. that you know what what happened in october basically was the signal point for him to get out yeah i there was also shit there were like three other people i don't remember if they were from kotaku or if they were from somewhere else that also seemed to be leaving to do something else this week damn it yeah he said like the podcast that they do they're i mean it's gonna be all the same people but they're all kind of going off and starting a new podcast yeah 
So he specifically said he's going to another outlet, which yeah. I th- has to mean that he's going to work at Polygon. <laughs> because, like, I don't think he's going to work at GameSpot or IGN. Yeah. And like, I especially don't think he would work at IGN. I don't think Game Informer can really hire people. No, they just had another round of layoffs a month or two ago. So Yeah, games. I, yeah. Also, so like, I know they, they don't have like a news editor and they could probably use one, but I mean, I highly doubt Jason Schreier would leave <laughs> to go there. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I, Polygon would make the most sense to me, but I, I guess we'll have to wait and see what he says. I mean, fuck, maybe he works for Vice. That'd be tight. <laughs> well, Austin just left over the summer, didn't he? He did, yeah. And But I I don't know. Vice is a weird thing now, especially that they made Waypoint into Vice Gaming and then collapsed like two other tech websites into Vice Gaming. Yeah. So it's like it lost a lot of its identity outside of its podcast. Um, but I, I mean, having him there to bust hot scoops with Patrick would be uh, a great time. Now, where is Kotaku located? Is it New York? Uh, I think a lot of them work from home, but oh, it okay. is New York as their head office. Yeah. So, like, we probably have no idea where uh, where Jason Schreier was because I know, like, Polygon is definitely New York City. Uh, Jason lives in New York. Oh, he does? Sure. Okay. Yeah, and uh, like Gita Jackson also left uh, Kotaku and she went to go write for Vice, I believe. Not specifically Vice Gaming, but like some other thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was Motherboard or something else. But yeah, it's a bummer because like people have always trashed on Kotaku for being like a weird kind of clickbaity website. Um and to some extent that was true, but I think that they did have like truly great people work there over the course of the past like decade. Like I think that uh, Steven Totillo is great. I think that Jason Trier was great. I think that Gita was great when Patrick worked there. He did a good job. Um, it's just, it's a bummer that it seems like they're just going to get flushed down the toilet, I think, because it was a good website to get cool news from. And it just seems like it gets worse as time goes on. Right. Especially with how shitty their parent company is. So it's like, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And it, it it seems like Polygon has kind of started to take that space a little bit to me. And if they can get Jason Trier, I mean, they will basically just be the old Kotaku in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they do a good job, but yes. Polygon also does the same thing that IGN does where just writing about gaming isn't enough. Right. And so they also write all kinds of weird pop culture stuff and, you know, write about everything under the sun that might get people to click on it. Yeah, and I, I typically don't even go to Polygon yeah, for and that reason. I mean, I, I really only like Brian David Gilbert stuff on Polygon. And like now, I, well, obviously I like Pat Gill as well, but he's usually behind the camera. Right. And like, I love Griffin McElroy and Justin McElroy, but they left to pursue their 800 podcasts that make them more money than God. And like, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, now that Mike Maharty is there, I yeah, think it, that they have more personality, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like with Mike Maharty, it really does seem like they, which unfortunately they haven't really been able to use Mike in like a personality role. <laughs> yeah. Because he left basically when all this started. So I'd, mm-hmm. I didn't even really see him in any videos. No, yeah, I haven't watched any Polygon videos in a while, so can't say. Uh, I usually, I definitely make sure to watch the Unraveled videos. Well, yeah, I always watch Unraveled, but that's because YouTube knows and it forces me to watch it. It just yells at me until I watch it, basically, (laughs) now. I always get notifications and I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. Uh so yeah, I it's cool. I am glad that Jason is not going to do something else because I think that he is uh, he's a, a good journalist. He's yes, I mean he's definitely like the guy who breaks the news the mm-hmm. most has like the best track record. So yeah, and then the final announcement that I just kind of stuck here is just a little thing that Xbox and Sega are preparing some type of joint announcement on june 14th so have you seen what the rumors mostly think this is i at first i thought something with pso but then like a couple days later pso got so i have no idea what this is oh people think that they are buying sega and that sega will be a first party developer for xbox that would be interesting that would be buck wild because maybe they could make a good fucking sonic game um god that would just so like of all the rumors that i saw where people were speculating about it they all seem to suggest that that they think that uh, sega is joining their stable of studios which would be something else uh because then like atlas acts kind of like blizzard does to activision where they're mostly independent but especially now uh, Atlas USA does a lot of the localization for Yakuza here. Right. And so like, that's weird because generally those games are very, you know, they are much more focused on doing well in Japan and same thing with persona games. And those don't come out on Xbox. I was going to say like the Yakuza games, they, they just started coming out on Xbox. Persona yeah. doesn't come out on Xbox. <laughs> no. So, I mean, maybe that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to get those hot Japanese releases on the Xbox. I, I don't know, but that, I, that would be wild. The other thing that I thought of that I want this to be more than anything on planet Earth is that they are funding Sega to make Jet Set Radio Future 2. <laughs> God. And that would be tight, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, how many internal studios do you think Sega has? Uh, I would say a handful, at least four or five, I think. Because they have, like, the Sonic team. They have... Yeah, that's a mistake. They should just... Persona, the Atlas. They have the Total War guys. They have... I, can, I can't I can think of the name, but the the Yakuza guys. The Ryu Ga... Yeah, right, right, yeah Ryu Ga Gotoku. Uh, so at least four or five. Yeah. I mean, so, like, Xbox would have almost 20 developers under their platform at that point. Yeah, it would be an interesting thing. I 
I am wondering if maybe people are just overblowing that because of how Xbox bought a whole bunch of studios. But that was last even a couple. Year. No, that was two years. Ago. Oh, so like, oh, that was two years ago. Shit, you're right. Because like they last year they bought just the one. Uh... Oh God, who did they buy? Paul uh, Schaefer. Oh, double fine. Double fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that would be wild. Uh, because especially because Sega makes games for pretty much everything, so I wonder if it would be one of those things where they let them continue to do that. Or yeah, the Mario, Mario and Sonic. I mean, that's got to Mar- keep going. <laughs> it does, but it'll be on Xbox now. <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, oh, it'll be uh, it'll be Halo and Sonic. <laughs> Olympics. Master Chief and Sonic at the Winter Olympics. Yes, yes. I'd pl- I'd play that. <laughs> I'm on board with that. <laughs> Cortana's the judge for all the events. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested to see what that is. That I keep thinking that June is really close, uh, which I guess two months is not that far. Uh, but time is moving very slowly for me, so that will... <laughs> That might as well be in the next century. Yeah, this week felt like <laughs> four weeks. Yeah, so who knows? <sighs> but yeah, that that's really all the news that we had picked out. So Well, and I guess one other today is um, Rockstar, I guess, confirmed that they're working on uh, GTA 6. And oh, we never talked about how... Dan Hauser left Rockstar, so I don't even know what the fuck GTA 6 is going to be. Oh, we didn't talk about that? I thought we talked about that at one No, I don't think so, because that is a huge deal, because he was the lead guy for so long. Yes. And when a a few years ago, when Leslie Benzies left, I, I don't know, like, who the head honchos are now. And Dan Hauser was the one who, like, really pushed for the storytelling elements of gta to be what they were and was like the creative mind behind a lot of that so i'm i don't know they're saying that it's going to be a smaller more focused project interesting and also that they're not rushing so they they're not pushing like their workers as hard with like crunch and stuff yeah so God, Rocks are such a bizarre company because they were one of the first people who got too cool to go to E3. And then they only released one game this generation. That is true. But they like I GTA Online makes them Oh yeah, an infinite amount of money. <laughs> I realize that they don't have to release more than one game. But it's crazy cuz they never had to either like I mean, other than GTA one and two, but when once three came out, like they ascended to this weird status that they were just like too cool to do anything. And like they made press deal with everything on their weird, bizarre terms to even like get coverage of things. It's so, yeah, they're they're just a weird company, but I'm curious to see where six goes. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm guessing most people would prefer even if it's just two Rockstar games next generation like smaller than Red Dead but then like we actually can get to that next generation. I I assume people would prefer that, but I don't know for sure. Uh yeah, I don't know because people like Red Dead a lot more than me 
And the only other games that Rockstar makes other than that are table tennis and GTA. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. And a PS2 game based on the movie, The Warriors. And Bully. Everybody loves talking oh, about Bully. Oh, fuck. They should make Bully come back. I forget about that a lot, but that Bully is a Bully's top notch. And L.A. Noir. Oh, I forgot about L.A. Noir. Damn. Yeah, I mean, like, they had a very interesting PS3 generation but a not very interesting ps4 generation yeah so we'll see what yeah. happens there but yep that's that's basically just the news mm-hmm. uh, um are you ready to move into games yes there is i am interested in these i've only heard of one of them before the podcast okay uh do you want to start with final fantasy or do you want me to kind of uh, bounce through what i've been doing I'll go. I'll go last. Okay. Uh, I started out. I, I told you I'm just gonna bounce around and play more indie games. So I tried mm-hmm. Scourgebringer. Yeah. Is that what is that one? It it was on it's on PC Game Pass. So that's where I tried it. It's mm-hmm. it's a roguelike. No. <laughs> I know. Very exciting. <laughs> I okay. I don't know what it is now. I it's. I try. I only tried it because one, it's on Game Pass, but two, I, the combat system looked really cool. You can basically just air dash around. Oh, I saw Mary Kish tweets about this game all the time. This game actually looks really cool. It is really cool. It's just unfortunately a roguelike. So after a couple hours, I was just like, I don't really want to play this anymore. But man, if you took this combat system and put it in a 10 hour game, I would be all about this. Yeah, so it is. Is it like, uh, do you, you explore the map like sort of Metroidvania style, right? Where there's yes. like, do you if go you to just, left or right, up or down with rooms? Yes, you just go from room to room until you kind of unlock everything and then you can fight the final boss of the area. I never actually beat the final the like the like final boss of the first area, so I have no idea what happens after. Okay. But yes, it, like a really fun combat system. I was just kind of like after a couple hours and I mean, each run goes very quickly. It was maybe four or five minutes per run. So it doesn't take very long. Okay. But, you know, I did do the math. I, I went through quite a few runs and I was eventually I was just like, I'm not making any progress here and I do not see a scenario where I ever beat this boss. So is there like a lot of like, what is the progression or is there not any? Uh, well, like when you beat the mid boss, you get like a special uh, unlock or like a special kind of like upgrade thing. You mm-hmm. then take that out. And then I was able to fill out a skill tree but, oh, okay. but the skill tree stopped after two, and then the rest of it was still all question marks where I couldn't unlock anything else. So I assume I had to beat that like first boss yeah, to, probably. to unlock more, and it was, it was to a case where I unlocked everything. I was not beating the final boss, and I was just like, I feel like I'm just stuck now. So, hmm. so I just kind of moved on. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the weird pixel art style and you just dash around attacking yes. shit. It looks very interesting. Yes, it was a lot of fun, but as unfortunately, the genre just kind of burned me out. Yeah, which makes sense. Yes. Uh, the second game is a very small, short game. I saw people talking about it. It's The Supper. It's actually free. 
it's just on Steam for free. I don't. Oh, I didn't know that part. I had not heard of this, and I looked it up, and it was like, what it was the tagline? It was like, uh, it was a classic style adventure game about the darker side of humanity or something. Uh, yeah, it's just this like it's very short, like a half hour. You play through, and it's just it, it's a very old school click it, click and point adventure game where you're just kind of like solving very basic puzzles and then at the end it has a nice little twist i would say hmm. where and the whole the whole concept is you're just kind of preparing a dinner a supper for like you run an inn and you're just kind of preparing a supper for three people who come into your to your inn hmm. it yeah I, it looks very interesting how long would you say it is a half hour oh a half hour dang yes. that's crazy and it definitely does have a good payoff at the end. I, I would definitely recommend anybody to at least, I mean, why not try it? And if you do like it, the guy's selling like his, like a, like an art book for $2. If you want to just throw a couple dollars towards the developer, it definitely felt like a game that a de- the developer, like their first game and they're just kind of testing the waters type of thing. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm just a little surprised that steam allows stuff like that on the store. Just because, like, that costs them money and they get nothing out of it. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of free games on Steam. Yeah, but a lot of them are, like, f- like they're, like, free to play where they Steam can get, like, from microtransactions and stuff. Where this, like, unless you buy that the, the, the art book, then Steam gets nothing. So it just kind of surprises me. Yeah, I mean, like, the first uh, Emily Away was free as well. Right. They, they, there's a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff like that. I'm just saying it kind of surprises me that Steam you know, is okay with that. But I assume the bandwidth at the supper, it's minimal and it doesn't even matter. So this review is very good. Sad out of 10. (laughs) It does have a very sad ending. Yes. Oh boy. And then the final game I'm playing is the pedestrian. Yeah. So I, this I think would drive the pedestrian would drive me insane. I think at a certain point, Uh, but I watched some gameplay of it and it is, aesthetically i think super cool looking yes i'm so glad you've seen it because i was like how am i going to describe this to me so i was trying to think of how i could describe it out loud yes. and it like uh, it's, i don't really know how to describe it uh, it's so like there's a city and it's actually like the the, the art of the city the background is it's pretty solid it looks great and so then, like I, I guess the way i would describe the concept is like you are the guy from a crosswalk signal yes and like there are like street signs all over and then you're like moving street signs around and connecting them so you can move around and it's all just like a puzzle platformer yeah um so what what do you think would frustrate you of this about this uh well i watched probably the first like 25 minutes of it and it just it, it ended up turning into one of those things where it's like oh this I could see this getting so insanely difficult or like mind bending because it's one of those things where like you enter entrances and exits. Yes. And then you don't necessarily know where you're going to come out or like you have to connect them in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it seems like one of those things where it's really cool at first, but then by the end it would become so frustratingly difficult that I would just throw my hands up and be like, ah, you win game. (laughs) Yeah, I looked it up. The average playthrough is about four hours or so. Yeah, I'm three and a half hours in. 
and I think I'm only about halfway through the game. Oh yeah. So, I last night I was able to solve because like each quote unquote puzzle is basically one screen. Mm-hmm. So I was able to solve three puzzles last night in an hour. Yeah. They're getting pretty complicated. <laughs> no, yeah, the ones that I saw that were like still relatively early, I was like, "Ooh, I see how you're supposed to do this," but <laughs> I mean, I would. I've I tried this initially, just like downloaded the demo on Steam, the Steam page, which mm-hmm. the demo lets you play about 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, which I guess you wouldn't even need to do that because you've seen the half hour of gameplay or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's very unique. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> no, I just remember looking at it and being like, "Wow, this looks really interesting." It's like a very unique thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I. I just kind of started looking up, you know, popular Steam games from this year to to just have something to play because, like, there's really not a lot of AAA games coming out. Yeah, and I saw very positive reviews with this. I saw what it looked like, and I was like, I gotta try this game out. It's so, <laughs> and it is making me feel very stupid. I will say that. Well, so that's that's one of the things that I do like about puzzle games. Not that it makes you feel stupid, but right. you sit there and you stare at it. And then when you finally figure it out, you're like, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> but the whole time, like the, the 30 minutes, you're just like playing around and trying different things. You're like, I'm so stupid. But then at the end, it's all worth it because you get that five seconds or less of dopamine rush. And yes. you're like, Haha, the puzzle. <laughs> But yeah, it's not too bad to just like move stuff around and like try different combinations and connections and then and then you can just easily reset it if it's not working. So Yeah. But yeah, I am a little worried about the ending and how complicated it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine it gets crazy at the end. <laughs> so That's cool though. Yes. And um I mean, I've been playing more Fire Emblem. I don't have a lot to add there. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you, we move on to Final Fantasy VII, which I assume this is where you've been spending a lot of your time. No, not really. Oh, so really? I have only played for like four hours at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, it came on Tuesday, even though they told me it was going to come on Wednesday. And I told myself I have to play for at least two hours to like give it a shot. And then I decided after those two hours that I was just going to try to beat Persona and boy, I still have a lot of persona to go. Holy sweet God. Uh, But then I played again earlier today just so that I would have more of a frame of reference. Right. So like I, I have to preface this with saying like I did, I only played four hours and I'm going to try not to be unnecessarily mean about it. But there's a lot of praise for this game on the internet. Like, a lot. It's getting a lot of perfect scores and people love Final Fantasy 7 more than life itself. I am not in that same camp where like I I like Final Fantasy 7 fine. Uh but it's are not about, my like, favorite one. Are you talking about the old Final Fantasy or are you talking about this remake? Just the original. Okay. I don't like as much as everyone else. Yeah. I also apparently don't like the remake as much as everyone else. <laughs> So the first 40 minutes, which is essentially the demo, right. I think is ridiculously good because it captures exactly what I would imagine in my brain a remake of Final Fantasy 7 to be, which is just that game, but 
modernized and super 3D and it looks awesome, right? And like Obvi- a, more action oriented. More action oriented, yeah. And obviously it's not going to be one for one what the original game was, but man. So that those first 40 minutes I was playing, I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Even though I had already played that, I I cannot stress enough how good the music is. I mean, Final Fantasy VII's soundtrack is one of the most iconic video game soundtracks, period. Like, most people know a lot of those songs, and they're played all the time. And, like, that holds up now. Like, they're orchestral versions and remixes and stuff, but it's still super awesome. Uh, so Nobuo Uematsu did it again in making a dope soundtrack, and that adds a lot. And the way I would try to explain the first 40 minutes is... I've seen other people say this. It seems like what would happen if HBO made a TV adaptation of Final Fantasy VII, where it's like just super high production value and you're going along for this crazy ride, right? That's the first 40 minutes. And then after that, you... The charm kind of wore off really quick for me when I realized how linear it is. And... It's unfair because Final Fantasy 13 got fucking railed on in every review by every player about how linear it was. Like you would look at a mini map and it's basically like a straight line with a branching path that you know is going to lead to a chest. So far in FF7 Remake, it doesn't even have a branching path with a chest. Like it's fucking you walk through a corridor, maybe you crawl slowly through some great or move a piece of wood and that's to mask the load times but it it's super a straight line the now, entire time so far pardon my ignorance a little bit here yeah but i mean like for how big persona f- is persona 5 is it felt pretty linear I mean, not really. I you're going through dungeons that you can explore that have multiple pathways that are I don't know, like unique rooms that aren't a fucking straight corridor. Okay, I, I the dungeons were a little bit more open. I well, but I mean, like, other than that, that's just, I mean, Persona is real life. Like, it's just a street. And that's not necessarily like level design. That's just real life. Yeah, that, and that's what I meant by linear. Like, the story was very linear. It was just like, you were kind of stuck in a path of going to school and then going to bed and waking up. Well, but I'm not, I'm not talking about the plot in this case. I'm talking about like moving around. You're talking about like the actual, okay. Like the dungeon or whatever you want to. Yeah. The act of doing anything like that is gameplay is a straight line so far. So it's basically uncharted final. (laughs) Yeah. Except so far less exciting than uncharted. I would say. Okay. So like, I I really like the beginning and then you basically are, you escape the reactor and you're running around and it's just a bunch of streets where you fight soldiers. And that scene goes on for way too long. And I, I know that they have to add new additional plot elements. But every time cloud gets a magic headache, I feel my eyes rolling into the back of my head. I think it is such a shitty plot device to the point where it like drives me nuts every time he gets a headache, which is in the first four hours, like, I don't know, 20 sometimes. And he'll have like, someone will be like, Oh, what do you think about Tifa? And then he'll like have a stupid magic headache and have some strange flashback. And it's like, Ah, uh, this is a bad way to tell about his past, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the creative liberties that they're taking uh, introduce Sephiroth way earlier than he should have been uh, introduced at all. Like, you see Sephiroth within the first hour of the game as a hallucination, and normally you wouldn't see Sephiroth in the first city, which is where this entire game takes place. I was going to say, like, probably the entire first game. <laughs> yeah, so they had to be like, well, you guys know about Sephiroth and throw him in there. It's like, alright, fine. He showed up multiple times in, like, weird hallucinations, and I'm like, mm, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and so, like, I was getting bummed out by that. The thing that drives me nuts the most is you get to the first major city area, the Sector 7 slums, and... Like, everything looks incredible. The graphics are ridiculous. I think the voice acting is amazing. The part where there are, like, story scenes, I think everyone is really well animated, and they're actually characterizing them well. Because, like, I mean, in the original game, Cloud's basically a silent protagonist. Like, he has some lines, but he never gets that much personality so now that he's fully voice acted like you get to know more about him they do a good job with tifa as hilarious as barrett's over the top acting is sometimes i think that they do a good job with him and the way he interacts with his daughter uh but so in the sector seven slums there are a shitload of people everywhere and in normal games you would go up to them and talk to them but the way they do it in this is if you get near them and walk by they just start saying their dialogue <laughs> So as I'm running down a line of like 30 people, they all just start talking over each other, saying random shit. And it's like, oh, God, this can't be how all the dialogue is. And then if they're having a conversation, you have to stand there and listen to it and assume that there will be more while the person right next to them is close enough to you that they also started their conversation and are speaking at full volume as well. And it drives me nuts. I tweeted about this, but like that, it seems like an insane way to do ambient dialogue. And maybe that will get better in an area later in the game where there is not as many people. I was going to say just like where they're spread out a little bit more. Yeah. But like right now it's like you're walking through the slums and there's like 17 people in a row and they're all like, Hey, what's up? Or my grandma. And they start all having different conversations and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, but I do like the battle system and I knew that this game was going to have to have a lot of filler just because of the amount of content and story stuff in the original, well, in uh, in Midgar in the first place. So, like, I had to join the neighborhood watch and do a whole bunch of side quests, like finding cats and shit. And obviously that's a bunch of filler. My favorite line so far was this cat ran away from Cloud and he just goes, man, this sucks. And I was like, it sure does, buddy. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, so, like, I just finished all those quests before doing this. So I think it's going to get better from here. And I do really like the combat. I think they do a good job of making it so that they transition that turn-based battle system into an action-based one. Right. It does It does better than 15 did of, like, not being a stupid mashy action game entirely. I think that it there is some strategy involved in the way the stagger bars work so you can do more damage in the way materia works and things like that um so i i am excited because the first 40 minutes are what i wanted that game to be and that's one of the big main story moments i think that the other main story moments will be really cool it's weird because like i f i feel at this point that because 
Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997 that most people, if they were going to know what the story was by now, would know what it is. But I guess they changed some of the plot elements and people are really upset about that. And I guess people really hate the ending of this game. But uh, so like I'm trying my best not to just like spoil things that happen in the right plot even though it's pretty well known but there there are cool major sequences and when certain characters are introduced that will probably be very cool uh so i'm excited to see that and to to be fair i am only a handful of hours in but it just it does seem like really linear like running through straight corridor to straight corridor and there's not a lot of like options for where you can go or what you can do right they make you walk slow all the time and that's like one of my biggest pet peeves in video games is when they let you run and then you are forced to walk slow and boy am i forced to walk slow a lot oh i was just trying to think of like a game i was playing that that does that uh i was just i just played through the first mass effect game yeah where it's just like sometimes you can sprint and some but then other times you can only like slowly walk and Uh there's no reason for i don't know and so yeah that makes me crazy and so that happens all the time in this game seemingly at random and i'm like tifa let me run why are you doing this (laughs) uh but so far all of the like story sequences i think have been really cool so i I am trying to be optimistic. I think that I will end up liking it in the end. It's just the f- this first part seems to be front loaded with a lot of things that I don't like in games or like design choices that I'm not a fan of. Are you are you concerned that like you're going to end up you're kind of not loving it at the beginning? Yeah, you're going to hit a stride in the middle and really like it. And then the ending is just going to bum you out type of thing or yeah i think that's going to be the case i i think that i will be less upset by the ending than most people i think a lot of people are upset because they changed a lot of what happens but like uh and i know they introduce a lot of plot elements i think someone actually spoiled it in a forum i was on and if that's actually the ending i will think it's hilarious okay uh but it's one of those things where i think see i can't i can't say too much because if the spoiler was true then i guess i don't really want to say anything but this might be less of a remake and more of like a pseudo sequel. Okay. So it's weird. I'll have to see for myself, but But like, do you want the same story? Like you already got that story. Don't you want a little different, something different? I'm not asking like saying you in, but I'm just saying like in people in general, like, uh, I so like I can see both ways. It's one of those things where like when a movie is made or a, a book is made into a movie, right? And they take some creative liberties, but it still has the similar plot, right? Whereas this seems like maybe it doesn't necessarily end up with a similar plot. In the end. Well, I'm thinking more like the MCU from the comics, where yeah, they take a lot of those plots and just like completely. I mean, their own creative freedoms and basically do whatever they want while still trying to stay within the character archetypes or whatever. Um, And so, like, I see where you're coming from there, but then, like, why call it Final Fantasy VII Remake and why market it to be the same game? I mean, you're right. You're right. So, like, I, I won't mind that stuff as much as most people, I think. But so far, the parts that they have added are super eye-roll-inducing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, man, I get it. Sephiroth really does well for you guys. So you got to put him in here. Uh, but, like, I was, that whole section, I was had to walk slow. So that made me hate it even more. 
and it was just like everything was on fire in the narrow corridor and it, it's just weird so it also seems like they hint at things that happen way later in the game really early on and that stuff is strange or like characters know things that they shouldn't know about so I, I I'll have to wait and see what they're trying to do with it, but I do really like the combat. And the only thing that worries me about that is I have been told that there are way less battles than I probably want there to be, which I mean, the game, uh, the game for, you know, what it is. It, I heard it, it does have like a good length to it is like a good 30 ish hour. Yeah. It's like a 30 ish, 30 to 40 hours, depending on how many side quests and stuff you do. And like, I think that's a good length. It's just, I, people have said that like their favorite part is the battle system. And if that's like not super prevalent, the whole game, that's going to be a bummer for me at least. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to beat persona, but I have so much left to go. So I'm, I don't know because now today I played it and liked it more. So I, now I kind of want to play this, but then I feel like I should just be persona. I don't know. Maybe I just alternate I'll from day to day. That's what I've been trying to do, and then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't know, but yeah, that that's my thing. I, I don't know. I hope that I end up liking it. I would really, I really want to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm trying to stay optimistic. But so far, it has not super grabbed me a whole lot. So. That's kind of a bummer because, like, out of the two of us, you were the one who are, who was going to have to get into this in a big way. Yeah, and I it's weird because I might just feel differently because of that context of the original Final Fantasy VII. So I I know a few people who have not ever played the original and they got this, but they're waiting until they beat Persona. (laughs) So someday I will get that hot take of what it's like Mm -hmm. if you've never played Final Fantasy VII. Well, I Uh, I told you mine. Well, yeah, but but yeah, that's. Yes, you wouldn't have liked it anyways. No, I don't no. Think. <laughs> so I am not the the I am not the the person who Final Fantasy VII is for. So no. So I'm I'm interested to see what they have to say, and I yeah, I wonder because I've I mean I've also played every Final Fantasy VII spinoff as well, right? So like I I know everything there is to know in theory about that world and those characters. So yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll I'll have to wait to get a fully fledged opinion on the whole thing. I'm trying to be positive. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that most people would like it, though, because it just is like a big, bombastic, super, super high production value thing. Yeah, I heard like some of the, like almost like this is just one of those games where you can just tell that like money was just poured into it. Like everything about this game, it's just like has high production values. Yeah, definitely. And it's wild. It's the first game I've played in years that does not have a day one patch. Oh, so it didn't even have a patch. It's just ready to rock. <laughs> that is weird. It is crazy. I didn't think that happened ever. No, me either. So when I turned it on and it didn't download anything, I was like, whoa, wait, what? I don't even know if like, yeah, I I just like, I've gotten to a point where I, a lot of times I put the disc in and then I just walk away while it's installing and downloading. So you still have to walk away from this because it has two discs. One is the install disc and one is the play disc. And it took for fucking ever to install. Uh, But it, yeah, it didn't download any patches and it still doesn't have one. Uh, there are only like a handful of like super rare bugs that I have seen and they're not like game breaking. There's a squats mini game that was in the original 
Uh, and apparently if you like, if it ends at a certain time in the animation, he'll permanently be in the squat animation. Awesome. <laughs> and so then if you like talk to the person again, you can do the mini game again and then it'll, you'll be out of it. So it's not like a big deal, but it's pretty funny. The videos of it are hilarious. So yeah, so that's, that's all I got. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, next time I'll have probably played a bunch more. So we'll see. I would definitely recommend finding a half hour for supper. For the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess we're going to move into part three, which. Yeah, part three. We are trucking along at a pretty good rate here. We are, yeah. Um, I just kind of went through and alphabetized these. I don't think we have all the Sega games, but these were all the ones that I at least know something about. So I assume you're the same way. Yeah. I mean, like the ones that we really left off are like. The Hatsune Miku rhythm games, which are fine, and like uh, Football Manager. I know everyone in our audience and us cares deeply yes. <laughs> about that. So, but yeah, the first game on the list is Alien Isolation, mm-hmm. which people did really like. This, uh, yeah, people are like, "Whoa, they made a good Alien movie, uh, good Alien game, not movie." Um, Wait, this... Oh, it did come out on PS4. Okay. Yes, was it was like, like 2014, I believe. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I just... Alien games have notoriously been bad forever. Uh, and they so they finally put this one out, and it, ha- as far as I am aware, had a good horror atmosphere of the alien stalking you on the ship, and it generally reviewed very positively, and I most people that I heard talk about it seem to really enjoy it as like a kind of like thriller horror game type thing. Yeah. I I believe the developer, this is more interesting for me. I believe it was creative assembly. Wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was, which they're the total war guys. Yeah. Which is just like a weird, like this is, hmm. it just seems like such a weird one-off project for them. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, that, like, that, that was coming after aliens, colonial Marine, which is a notoriously shitty product. So. <laughs> was that also Sega? Yeah, that was also Sega, but okay. that was a PS3 game. And actually, you know what? That might not have been Sega. That might've been, yeah, that was gearbox. Oh boy. It was, it was gearbox. And yeah, people uh Metacritic not, of 45. They were not kind to that. No. <laughs> and that was like less of a horror type thing and more of a bad shooter. Right. So or I think the big knock on this game, the Alien Isolation was it just went on for a little too long. Yeah, which I, you know, the horror games I think need to be a good length. Yeah before they just get kind of tiresome so um i'm not a big i i don't really like the movie alien so like this Mm. movie is not really for or this game is not for me i don't know if you're into alien uh they're fine but i i mean i just this isn't the type of game i would normally play anyways so right not necessarily for me but people did dig it yes yes i i do remember generally positive i just remember the one negative being just the length itself um mm-hmm. speaking of positive sonic <laughs> sonic games manny 
This is their mascot. This is their mascot. They're Sonic's their guy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, so the first one here, Sonic Forces, is a in, good game. It's unbelievably bad. I can't. I I actually can't. I still sometimes can't believe how shitty it was. Uh, because it was like we kind of discussed last week. They Sonic Mania was announced as like a 2D Sonic game that they had brought in a guy who like did fan ports of Sonic CD to other things and like did a really good job. And so they like were like, yeah, you go over here and you make this game for people who claim they want a 2D Sonic game. But we're the Sonic team and we're over here and we're going to make a hot new 3D release. It's going to blow you away. And it sure blew me away, but not in the way that they were expecting. Uh, God, Sonic Forces is like two and a half, three hours long. It's so fucking short, and it was a sixty. It was a sixty dollar product. Let me see how long my playthrough was. I'm just like shocked that this the Sonic team they only made one Sonic game this generation. Oh, sorry. It was three and a half hours that it took me to beat this product. So if you want to watch me go all the way through Sonic Forces, you can do that on my YouTube channel. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, The cool part that they were really trying to sell it on was that you get to make your own custom Mm -hmm. character in the Sonic world. Mine was a pink dog who had eyes like Brock from Pokemon um and he had some really dumb clothes like i made him wear the hat that said gamer on it and uh the really bad looking shirt i believe and it just you would like pick these shitty abilities of like a grappling hook or like a fire grenade or some shit and none of them were good and none of them worked right and this game is the exact reason that people clown on 3d sonic games because it is the hallmark of all of the things people don't like the camera is terrible the movement is awful it feels moderately okay when you're going fast but then anytime something happens and you're slowed down it is just a nightmare scenario uh you fly off areas for no reason enemies are not fun to fight bosses are a pain in the ass like it just it has everything that people did not like about 3d sonic games but amplified to 100 and it tried to have this really fucking edgy story where like Robotnik kills Sonic and then the underground resistance is trying to fight back against Robotnik because he has taken over the world and your creative character is like the newest recruit. And then like the, the beginning cutscenes are wild because everyone's like, it's so sad that Sonic's dead. All right, let's kill Robotnik. And then, Sonic comes back and it's Jesus Christ. I don't remember what happened. Like he got like he was like asleep on the moon or some shit. Wait, Robotnik or Sonic? Sonic. Okay. Because he he was like because they all thought he was dead, but then I don't remember how he like lived and came back. It's bad. <laughs> it's it's a bad product, and I think the fact that it was sixty dollars is like extra insulting. <laughs> you you paid for it. I did not. Pay oh, you for did. It. I borrowed it. Oh. So. Then that's okay. That's acceptable. 
It is. I'm just saying, but like the full price of it is was fucking baffling. And I remember thinking like, oh, this game looks kind of interesting, but I definitely won't buy it because of Sonic and Sega Team's recent track record. And then the reviews came out and I was like, holy (laughs) shit, how could this have been that fucked up? And uh, yeah, I just remember seeing like, yeah, it's like three and a half hours, $60. And I was like, that's insane. Which is the exact opposite of what Sonic Mania was, because Sonic Mania is awesome. And it is, if you like old Sonic games, which not everyone does, and that's fair. But it is just, Sonic Mania is the glory days of 2D Sonic. And it was an interesting mix of both old levels that he added new, new portions were added onto, and completely new levels. Uh... And like now there's a plus version or something where you can play as Mighty the Armadillo as another character. And that that's cool. Like it just it's a fun playthrough and it has really good music and it just is reminiscent of what Sonic was. And it let people remember what it was like when Sonic had good products. Do you think there's any world where Sonic Mania humbled the Sonic, the main Sonic team? God, I hope so. But no, I don't. Because, like, we have not seen or heard of a Sonic game since 2017, which when Mania and Forces both came out. Mania came out in the summer and got, like, raving reviews and everybody loved it. And then Forces came out and everyone was like, this is terrible. So... Yeah, I don't know. So the that was a thing that happened recently was they were going to announce they had some big sonic announcement that was happening like relatively soon but that was delayed because of coronavirus and now it's happening much later or something at the xbox with the xbox that's what's happening it's xbox and no no i think no, it was a no, separate I, announcement no, specifically I, no, about sonic yeah. i'm just being stupid um, no that's i mean i would like that <laughs> Sonic Forces 2 is coming to Xbox exclusively. <laughs> yeah, just I, I just can't believe they released one Sonic game this generation. Not, All right. Not this is a quote. I have to read this quote. Okay. <laughs> Sonic Forces was aimed at a broad audience of young and adult players, while Mania was mainly focused on fans of the original Genesis games. Like... I don't know any world in which Sonic Forces was aimed at an audience. Um, I five-year-olds. Even that. People sometimes, like, I think if a game is that shitty, kids know. They can feel it. They've, they're like, wow, this is not what I imagined. This sucks. Yeah. So, I don't, God. Yeah, so the Forces is bad. Mania was very good, which was just, you know, the juxtaposition of Sonic happening at the same time because they both released within a very close time frame. So, I, What if they never make another 3D Sonic game? You know, we can only hope. I mean, it's not going to happen. We'll probably get one this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they tried to reboot it with Sonic Boom, and that went horrifically. That was actually not made by Sonic Team. That was, I believe that was made by an American studio. Big Red Button or something. By all accounts, the TV show was great, though. Oh, I like the TV show. I think it's actually funny and like pretty well written. Um, but no, that game was an abomination. Yeah, but like, I feel like that's just the norm with Sonic games. 
Which, I mean, Sonic is like the punching bag joke of video games, it seems like. Yeah, and I mean, like, Sonic Adventure 2 is one of my all-time favorite video games. So, like, I I have been known to like a 3D Sonic product. <laughs> but not not recently. Yet. And then, how could... The, the other one that they did, Team Sonic Racing? What the fuck? It, by all counts, it was a fine game, right? Right. I love Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Those games are my shit. They were so cool, and they didn't just have Sonic, because who wants just Sonic in a video game? They had, uh, like, all kinds of characters. Like Ryo from Shenmue is a DLC character in the original one. He drives a forklift. <laughs> That's cool. I, I They could have had a new one and added Kiryu and Majima. That would have been sick. But instead, we got one that's only Sonic characters, and that's dumb. Yeah, and it's not even like a kart racer. It's like a cooperative thing. Yeah. It's really it, weird. It is like a kart racer, but you like your... You and your two teammates, your placement is scored collectively. Yeah, it's... And it, 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 to be fair to them, it's fine. Like it, it controls sort of similarly to how the previous ones controlled. It's just, I don't, it's not as fun. So like I played the demo of this. It's not as fun as those games. And it's just, it has that much less charm because it's just Sonic characters that people have been upset with forever now. Yeah, it's just a really weird, like, they definitely made some interesting decisions, I would say. Yeah, and it's weird because kids love Sonic, and I don't get it. Uh, I I don't know why, like, younger kids are really latch on to Sonic as a character. But, you know. Team Sonic Racing also isn't a full-price product, so that's cool. It was only $40. Oh, okay. So, like, it's just, like, a fun kart racer. It's decent, but with the context of the previous two that I really liked, it was just like, man, I don't fucking need to race his shadow. Get him out of here. Bring in, I don't know, Jet from Jet Set Radio Future or something. Yeah. So, it's weird. Yeah, I... I it it didn't it seemed like a bit of a disappointment just a backward step team sonic racing did it's not terrible but like it just it definitely didn't seem like what people were hoping for yeah it's just like an a okay kart racer right. which in the same time that crash team racing came out and was really good it was just you know weird it's a weird weird choice yes um, which I guess we'll just keep the Sonic train going with Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Um, uh, so the newest one was cool, at least. Oh, uh, you're talking Tokyo. Or no, yeah, Rio, the... Rio. Was it Rio? Because Tokyo's coming out, or did Tokyo come out already this year? Uh... Oh, yeah, Mar- it did come out last year because I was thinking about getting it, but I was like, I don't want to spend $60 for yeah, so for the... a- because it came out like right before Extra Life. But I was like, I don't want to spend $60 on this. No. So the Tokyo one actually was kind of cool in that it had that weird uh, 8 and 16 bit mode where yes. like it was the 2D stuff. And that was really fun and interesting looking. Uh, but then it comes down to the fact that 
it's hard to clown on these games because they're never actually really good. Like they're just a mini game collection of sports mini games. Yes. And so there's never really any plot or anything. It's just like, hey, play these sports mini games and it'll be fun enough, I guess. Yes. Which it's weird that they didn't do a Winter Olympics. They just did the two Summer Olympics uh, this generation. Or, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. That is kind of strange. Because they did the Sochi, but that was 2014. They didn't do... Was it Korea? Maybe they were selling too well, and they had to they had to cut back. Maybe the Winter bit. Olympics didn't sell well. I don't know. We played one of those, right? Because there was ice skating. Yes, remember that, the ice skating mini game? That probably was Sochi. Probably, because like that was definitely not on the Switch. No, that was the the Wii U. So that would have yeah. been probably around 2013, 2014. But yeah, I don't have anything to add. As you said, they're just mini game collections. So yeah, I mean they're not like offensively bad or anything. It's whatever, right? Uh, the images of Eggman and Bowser riding horses, like regular horses, is fucked up though. You should guys should check Eggman riding a horse. I can. like Wario on a horse as well. Wario on a horse is pretty good, but. I, there is something so disturbing about Eggman riding a horse because of his body shape and the way it's not good. Anyways. Uh, the next on the list is because Atlas is owned by Sega. They mostly operate pretty independently, but like, so in theory, Sega is the publisher. Um... And so Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, some of my favorites of this whole generation, big fan, and I've talked about Persona a lot recently because Royal came out, but I, I don't know. I just, I like Persona games. I'm glad that 5 came out and was good after its ridiculously long delay. It's one of the few true turn-based JRPGs left outside of dragon quest mm-hmm. and even dragon quest wasn't supposed to be it originally was an action battle system and then they caves one players got upset about that uh but yeah i just like turn-based jrpgs and persona 5 is that i mean you're just playing as a japanese teen fighting bad guys now persona 5 it's a little weird because you've had time away from it but now you're right back in it yeah so like but like do you think there's any world where this would hit your top 10 list of all time no i do you think i don't think so but not probably probably close yeah like i really like persona 5 i do have some issues with it which i had in the original and the the last bits of it i think are too long oh uh, like the final dungeon is one of those things where like you beat what seems like it should be the final dungeon. And then they're like, oh, but wait, the real final dungeon happens. And it's one of those things where it's strange because like the main arc is over, but then they introduce this whole this that always happens in persona things is like the last bit is some strange like Japanese God thing. 
Oh. And so they do that. A lot of JRPGs do that. And I have a problem with that. Most JRPGs uh, in five, it seemed particularly bizarre because then the ending was just kind of strange and abrupt. That is fixed in Royal. I haven't gotten there because they had the whole new stuff. And I guess it just adds a more satisfying conclusion in general. Mm hmm. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I do really like Persona 5. I love the music. I listen to the soundtrack a lot. I love the characters. Uh, so yeah, I, it's just good. Yes, good, I mean, I, I know this is one of your favorite games of the generation at the very least. Um, yeah. Just one one more question. Like, mm-hmm. What would you say is the best JRPG of the generation? Persona 5 or Dragon Quest? two very different games but i mean they are same genre so that is i don't know because i probably in my head would rate them very close to one another yes i mean like it seems like most people would put them pretty close i think i actually i think that a lot of people if i asked them especially people i know would say persona 5 uh because i think a lot of people get burnt out at the end of dragon quest that's weird because like persona is like 30 hours longer at least uh, it depends how you play. I my original playthrough of Dragon Quest was probably similar to my original playthrough of Persona Five. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think, especially the part of Dragon Quest where you have to like go back and do parts that you had sort of already done, but with like a different twist. I think that throws a lot of people off. Right. Because like that has like. I mean, like, you see credits, but then there's a ton of game after the credits, though. Yeah, so I I would have to think about that more. I don't know. There's probably also JRPGs that I am forgetting that I really liked, so I guess I... I don't know. I guess Persona 5 would would be, like, slightly edged out in my mind, just because it actually is doing like some new and interesting things. Whereas dragon quest 11 is that same tried and true formula, but like perfected. Right. So it's not like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I was going to like this no matter what, but there was probably a small chance that I wasn't going to like persona five. So, yeah, I just know you're, you feel very, very good about both of them. And I, I, I feel like there's not really anything that's quite on the level of those two. Maybe Final Fantasy VII, but like, yeah, that's just like so different. And same like like Near, I guess, is probably another one. But that's once again, I just consider that very different. So I, I no, yeah, and that was more of an action game. I mean, like the right. only other JRPG that even comes to my brain right now is Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which I also really liked, but comes nowhere near in terms of like quality to the persona and dragon quest so, yeah i don't know well, kingdom hearts oh no uh <laughs> hard pass on that one yeah and then i know like star ocean was not popular no the ps4 star ocean is fucking awful oh my god how could they do that to that poor franchise i know you really like the the one digimon but but yeah it's the original cyber sleuth is pretty good but yeah it, it's weird because like i think a lot of turn-based jrpg style things now end up being like smaller or more indie right things whereas like persona and dragon quest got like the full triple a budget and so that's probably why they stand so far above in my opinion well I, I think that's not just your opinion i think that that's pretty much for most people i would guess yeah probably true <clears throat> so 
Uh, and yeah, then I had the Persona 5 dancing in starlight and Persona 3 dancing in moonlight. Right. The hot rhythm games that followed from Persona 4 dancing all night. Uh, they're fine. I mean, they're both decent rhythm games. I think the Persona 3 one is way better than the Persona 5 one. Uh and that's just because the music selection and remixing of the music from three is much better than the 12 remixes of rivers in the desert. They did for persona fives. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're both fine, competent rhythm games that have a decent amount of unlockable stuff. And they have a lot of, uh, DLC as well. Is it, are they pretty much just the same as personas, persona threes, uh, rhythm? Yeah, they're the same as Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Oh, um, Dancing All Night, that's okay. Uh, and it, they are, it's literally almost the same gameplay as the Hatsune Miku rhythm games, which Sega also puts out. Okay. Is it the same uh, developer that does does it all? or? Uh, I actually don't know who developed these. Okay. I would assume it was Atlas, but I don't know. I'm just kind of wondering so, if like that, the, like they're fun at first, but you can only play so many of these like rhythm type games, and then and then you're like, I've already basically done this, which which I guess a lot is probably comes down to the music. Mm-hmm. But I thought Persona Five had a pretty good soundtrack. It did. Uh, so it was the Persona team. Oh, okay. That made these. Yeah, Persona Five is a very good soundtrack. I personally prefer the soundtrack of three also which probably helped it edge out mm-hmm. in my case but i mean they're both great the same composer shoji Maguro does good work so i i definitely you know i said it back then but i would not recommend them to people who only like persona <laughs> if i remember like, correctly, you definitely you definitely have to like rhythm games these came out in this in like a december right Yes, they came out December 4th, 2018, and they both came out on the same day, which was probably a little much. Right. So, Which, the the one was all blue and the other one was all red, right? Yeah, which is the color scheme of their oh. respective games. Three is blue, four is yellow, five is red. I don't know if I'd like yellow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that there's a lot of aesthetic stuff in Persona 4 that I was not as much of a fan of because a lot of it's yellow. Right. The blue and the red. I, I, I did really like, like Persona has got to be one of those stylish games of the generation at the very Oh, least. definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, but now with new contender, man, Guilty Gear Strive. I, oh my God. I'm so excited because my brother was given a beta key. Oh, really? So I'll get to see some hot, real gameplay. Is it just online? Uh, I don't know, actually. I haven't seen. Um, I've The only videos I've seen so far are people doing buckwild combos with Chip, and hmm. I'm very excited to see where that goes. He wasn't in the last couple, was he? He was in Exert, yeah. Oh, he was in Exert? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was not that great because he didn't do a lot of damage, but had cool combos. Maybe that's why I don't remember him because nobody yeah. ever played as him. <laughs> that's true. Uh, another game that you really liked was Poyo Poyo Champions and then also Poyo Poyo Tetris. Yes, uh, I like Puyo Puyo Champions Japanese name better because it was called Puyo Puyo Esports. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just a Puyo Puyo game, uh, which is a you know matching color 
puzzle game type thing. And I, I enjoy Puyo Puyo until I get to the point where I have a mental block and it doesn't allow me to like actually employ the strategies that would make you good at it. So I, in theory, know how to play Puyo Puyo moderately well, but then in practice, it doesn't work, especially when the only person I play is our friend Jumbo. I was going to ask. And he's a dirty fucker because he'll always be like, oh, I don't know how to play. I didn't learn the strategies. And then he'll just like dumpster you and be like, oh, so weird. I'll be like, <laughs> fuck you. You probably watch like nine hours of strategy videos before this 30 minute play session. I was going to ask if, like, part of the reason is just because, like, playing Jumbo where he just trounces on everyone when we play these kind of games. Yeah, and it's also, like, then there's the online, and so it's meant for competitive online play. So then you go online and just get shattered uh, because it's people who had been playing for a long time or are really good at Puyo Puyo. Yeah, and I remember the Puyo Puyo Tetris had, like, a weird single player story campaign yeah which was so bad that i actually had to skip all the dialogue (laughs) uh i couldn't take it like the english voice acting was atrocious and just the plot was so devoid of anything like that it i had to skip the dialogue at a certain point but then would just beat it to get the characters that it unlocked or whatever um i feel like that's very rare for you it is very rare. It has to be particularly awful for that to occur because I'll usually put up with a lot of bad story stuff. Um, yeah, but like, Puyo Puyo Tetris, I really like a lot for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I remember we we played because it has like the four person mode. Or mm-hmm. Does does that four person mode? It does. Yeah. So okay. does. Uh, so does Puyo Puyo Champions, uh, but Puyo Puyo Tetris is basically the same thing, except it just has Tetris. And in, which... In as well, which is just another whole another level of confusion, which I can't even imagine playing Puyo Puyo and Tetris in the same board. So yeah, that is one of the options. That is borderline impossible, and I don't you know i don't enjoy that mode so usually i'd either play one or the other well like it would like there was the one where it switched the boards back and forth (laughs) yes and that one is okay uh just because it's one of those things like oh this is manic and crazy yes but the ones where you have both puyos and the tetrominoes and the same thing is like this is i don't understand yeah and i struggle with just tetris So, so yeah, when it's both, that's a no good. Yes, yes. I mean, like, I could play, I could probably play Jumbo for ten hours, and even just Tetris or Poyo Poyo Tetris, and I guarantee I wouldn't win a single match. Yeah, I mean, same probably. I feel like point. you could win a couple. Maybe he'd have to really fuck up. I uh, yeah, does, which does happen sometimes, but. I mean, but you remember how bad I was. Like, when we played, you you were just like, you were basically jumbo to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I've played those games, types of games enough that it's just something that sticks with you. But if you really haven't, or it's just, some people just don't have the brain for it. No, and I have a mixture of the two where, like, I've definitely played Tetris. It just just does not click with me. Yeah. Uh, this next one, Tempo, the the badass elephant. I was shocked to find out that Sega published this. Do you know who made it? Yes. Yeah, Game Freak. Yeah, and that's why I was like, <laughs> Wait, "What? Sega published this Game Freak platformer?" 
so like i i remember hearing that this game was going to come out and i was going to play it but i played uh game freaks rhythm game harmo night and i hated it so much <laughs> that i was just like you know i'll pass on tembo the badass elephant and I remember seeing gameplay of this and being like, why did they make it? Uh, yeah. I, I've, if you remember last year when we had this whole conversation about Game Freak, and I yeah. said, I don't think they're very good developers. I think they just lucked into Pokemon, and they don't really understand how to make a good game. I think when they make other games, it becomes very evident that they... Oh, yeah, like Town bombed spectacularly. Or Little Town Hero, whatever they changed the name to. And, like, yeah, this elephant platformer that seemed mediocre at best is another bizarre example of that. Yeah, very, very strange. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand, like, just playing, just making Pokemon games would get old. And probably working with the Pokemon Company and Nintendo, where this is just like they can they have full creative freedom. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, they whenever they try these weird one-off games, it never really works well for them. It certainly doesn't. Oh, I don't have a lot to say other than I know no. Game Freak made it and I know it was middling. That's, mm-hmm. But it's just this weird thing of like, why did Sega publish this? <laughs> you gotta, you know, what if it was really good? What if Game Freak was making a sick banger? Yeah. Sega's gotta get in there. Uh, the next one, I don't have a lot to add and I'm just gonna throw them all together. The Total War series, they did Three mm-hmm. Kingdoms. Thrones of Britannia and Warhammer 2. Yes, the Warhammer one I remember being particularly good. Uh, yeah, I think they're all like they they produce pretty good games. I mean, they all they're usually, you know, like they usually review well and I think they sell well. Um Yeah. I haven't really played them since uh Total War uh Rome and then Empire. Yeah. I really liked them back, you know, over 10 years ago, but I think I've just kind of moved on from RTSs, but they, I mean, they definitely make, you know, solid RTSs. Yeah. And total war is cool. in that it's like huge scale battles. Yes. And I think that's what they do super well, I think. And I, yeah, I generally hear positive things whenever they release a new one and they just crank them out. I mean, like that's, uh, one of the things Creative Assembly does work on quite a bit. Because I think they even did um, Halo Wars 1 and 2. Yeah, I think that's true. So, I mean, I guess you would technically put that under Sega, even though it is published by Xbox. But yeah, I mean, they they know how to make RTSs, and I think they, they're one of the better RTS studios out there at this point. <laughs> they're one of the only ones at this point. Yes. <laughs> but it is just weird that they're owned by Sega. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if that was forever or if that was something that happened in like the 2010s. I'm trying to remember because like I have Total War Rome and I'm trying to remember if you see the Sega, the Sega logo when you load it up. I cannot remember. 
Uh, they were bought in 2005. Okay. So, no, you do not see the... The uh, the Sega logo because I think Rome was two thousand four. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess they've had them for uh, fifteen years now. That might have been a hot Activision title then. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, because I think Activision published Total War before Sega did. Original was Activision. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're. I would say they're generally. You know, that's that's definitely a net positive for Sega, but we don't really play them, so. Yeah. Uh, and then Two Point Hospital. Uh, Is this on PC Game Pass? I believe so. Because I don't know if I've ever told you this. I love the game this is based on, Theme Hospital. Yes, yes. Uh, it is just like one of those fun tycoon-esque games. It's like Roller Coaster Tycoon, except with a doctor's office. And uh, it's like just a fun, dumb doctor's office where people get all kinds of weird fake diseases like big head syndrome. And then you got to build the big head machine that pops their big head. There's just are like clown disease where they turn into a clown and you have to make them sad so that they're not a clown anymore. It, it there's just so many dumb things and you try to build up your practice and make as much money as possible. They had like a campaign mode where you uh, like go through and try to use different budgets and different size practices and stuff. And two point hospital is just that, but now again, yes. And to answer your question, yes, it's on Xbox game pass and PC game pass. Okay. Cause yeah, this, that type of game is one that I would want to play with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. And keyboard. So that's cool. Yeah. Th- it's, this is one of those games I've had downloaded for, I think it was added in February and I keep looking at it thinking I should play this, but I just haven't had the motivation to play it for whatever reason. Yeah. But I, uh, it was re- received very positively. Yes. Which is hilarious because the amount of people who are like, I'm nostalgic for theme hospital is very low. <laughs> so I was surprised when people were like, I love theme hospital. And I was like, Oh my God, I thought that was the only one who had theme hospital. And then I found out there's a PS1 version of Theme Hospital, which that couldn't have been great. But uh, yeah, it's got to be like the Sims, you know, console games. Just yeah. not good. Yeah, but yeah, I played it. I played Theme Hospital a lot back in the day. So when this happened and they were saying, hey, we're trying to make a spiritual successor to that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So good for them. Um, and now the true the true winners here. Yes. All 30 Yakuza games. (laughs) Yes, they released Zero, Kiwami, Kiwami 2, 6, and then I'm just throwing Judgment in here because... Yeah, Judgment is the same studio. It's the same studio, it's the same city, Mm -hmm. just different characters. So, like, it's under the Yakuza umbrella, in my opinion. Yeah. Kind of like a spinoff type of thing. And Yakuza 0 is a next-level amazing product. It is crazy how good that game is. And it was I so think. smart because it got so many people into the franchise. It did, which, yeah, most people had like not wanted to play Yakuza because of they heard various things about the localization or they were there back when the first two released on PS2 with English dubbing, which was so bad. Uh, 
or or they just didn't want to be like, oh, we're on Yakuza six now. Like, I can't get in. I won't know what happened. So zero sets the stage for them to do that and then remake the first two with Kiwami and Kiwami two re-release four five. Three, four, uh, five. Three, four, three, four, five in HD and then release six. And then it made it so the judgment did really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, six. I mean, I I feel like the big thing is just the people being like, oh, my God, I have to play the first five Yakuza games, one through five, and they're meaty games. Yeah. I mean, like, you can spend 80, 100 hours if you really want to on these games. Yeah, definitely. So, like, it is very overwhelming to be like, oh, my God, I have, like, minimum 150 hours a max of maybe like four or 500 hours to catch up to play six where the like releasing zero basically allowed people to just get in on the ground floor mm-hmm. and then and then they did stagger then they released i think kiwami and then did they do kiwami 2 and then release six or was it six and then kiwami 2 uh, it was six and then Kiwami two because Kiwami two is on six's engine that they had redone. That's right. Cause six. I waited to play six until I played Kiwami two. Yeah. I still have never played. I did not play Kiwami two. Yes. I, I remember that you, you were just like, I'm just going to put this away and never play it, which you never played the original two, right? No, two is the only one that I have never played. So you may have I time this year. I may. We'll see how it pans out here at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yeah, Zero did so much and made it popular outside of Japan. And I just the way you switch between Kiryu and Majima, like they're and just Yakuza in general. It's a fun beat em up game. They have a ton of side content. They usually have like hilariously melodramatic fun plots. I. I, I think about the scene from Yakuza 5 pretty much constantly where someone shoots a rocket launcher at Kiryu and he just, like, dodges it. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. They're just dumb and fun, and I love the characters. And the fact that there are now so many out on the modern console, all of them are out on the modern console, and you can easily get them for usually they go on sale constantly i think that yakuza zero and kiwami are on a game pass now yes they are or they're being added to it no i think they're at least zero definitely is yeah and i believe kiwami is being added um but i mean even outside of that they're cheap uh you can well i mean obviously don't go out in the pandemic because nowhere is going to be able to sell them to you, but they're usually the physical cho- copies are pretty cheap now. Yes. So, and just I yeah I the thing about this studio, I think they're pretty much on par with uh, Wolfenstein Studio. I in the se- like machine games in the sense that like both studios are amazing at telling these very serious stories, but then also like just kind of flipping between silliness and serious and like actually it pays off and works out i very few studios can really kind of nail both being silly and serious and like somehow these two studios can just pull that off yeah um and i just god i am so excited to play seven yeah uh, the fact that it's just 
a turn-based RPG is it's like my Ooh. dream. It's happened. It's finally happening. I can't wait. I was hoping that it would come out this year here, but I don't know that that's going to happen now. Yeah, because like it's already out, right? Yeah, it came out in like January, I think, in Japan. Which I I think from what I remember, I saw the Famitsu was like 38, got like a 38 score or something like that. It was definitely mm-hmm. high 30s, which, I mean, that's very good for Famitsu. But, like, also, like, Famitsu is not the, the greatest outlet to... No, yeah. I, I judge that. The, I tried to, like, not look at too many yes. deep impressions because I didn't want to know, like, it's, it happened across some spoiler or something because I will definitely want to play this and find out all the dumb bullshit that occurs. Like, yeah, because like, the fact that there are summons in it is. Oh, my God. I'm so it, excited. It's a new character. It's a new city. It's new, you know, combat engine. I mean, this is basically just like a brand new series. Yeah. And I, I'm, su- I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. So technically this generation, they will have that as well. I, if it comes for out. for us at least yes if it comes out do you think it could be a ps well actually it, it could be a ps4 and then you could just play it on your ps5 most likely no yeah it's definitely gonna come out here it's just i don't know that it will in the year 2020 now right depends how they're doing the localization i guess i mean they had gotten a lot faster at it once they started having uh atlas usa do the localization for a lot of it so who knows yeah i mean like if it releases in january i mean they 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 have basically the 12 months to to get it out this year yeah well i mean typically they were they yakuza games released a year or multiple years after here with judgment that was not the case no it was came out in like five months or something yes so you know i would love if just in the middle of the summer late june early july they were like hey check this shit out you guys ready for yakuza 7 and i i i am i'm ready yeah because like from what i remember yakuza 6 was like years yeah it was and then judgment where judgment was not only like localized very quickly but it was all voice acted and they redid all the the lips and the movement so it would work mm-hmm. in the english and just like they did a lot of work for it and, and it was and done so, so quickly so i don't one know. of the things that i think is weird about it in general is like they weren't even gonna localize five initially right until playstation got involved and said no we'll put it out as a digital only thing you guys gotta localize it and so they did that and then they put out zero here and that's when every Yakuza game came out in like a year and a half time span. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like there were years between releases and then all of a sudden they were like, nope, just kidding. Five a year. And you're like, what the fuck? How's that possible? Yeah. I think they, so. I think they've made a lot of money on Yakuza the last couple of years. Oh, definitely. And I, I think it's good that it got so popular because now people can know what it is and get in on the ground floor of the new part of Yakuza. Yes. 
so I think it might just continue to do better. Well, and also I think Judgment was another jumping on point where it's like mm-hmm. there's no pressure of the previous Yakuza games. I can just play this one-off thing. So Yeah. Uh, and then the final game on our list is the Va- Valkyrie, Valkyria Chronicles 4. My friend Kelvin is playing this right now. Oh. Um, uh, I love the original Valkyria Chronicles. I did not ever beat it because I am a giant baby man. And I, I just stopped in the original and then I bought the HD re-release and just stopped playing that as well. Uh, but they are fun tactical games uh, that basically are a combination of turn-based and real-time strategy. Yeah, there's like a tactical uh, element where you like aim as well. Yep. And so like you can only move a certain amount because you have like a movement range and once that's through you can't move anymore and you you shoot you enter like a first slash kind of third person aiming reticle and you i don't know you build tanks and you have a bunch of units that have different abilities like medics grenadiers and stuff uh four is different than the previous ones and that it half takes place in the country that the other ones do and half takes place in like this new snow area yeah, and it's also like it's based on World War Two, isn't it? Yeah, it's like an alternate reality World War Two. And now, this is obviously the fourth one. I believe the last couple people weren't happy with, or at least the third. well, they didn't exist here. Okay. So one one came out here, and then two did, but it was a PSP exclusive. And then three was a PSP exclusive, but it only came out in Japan. And then they released Valkyria Chronicles Azure something. And that was more like an action game and people fucking hated that game. Okay, that's I knew there was one that people hated. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever even seen gameplay of that. I know that Nukio bought it. I don't think he beat it. Um but yeah, people were not a fan. And so then for four, they finally went back to what the original was. And then it was the first one since one that was on a regular console and not a handheld. Yeah. And people, I mean, it definitely reviewed well and people were very excited that it was back to the old style that they liked. Yeah. And it is like, it's a, it is a unique battle system. Like it's a unique concept in the way it's executed which is cool and I think gives it a lot of its personality is there aren't thing there's nothing exactly like it yes. out there. And it's it, it is a fun it is a fun battle system. So Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that's that's the whole the whole thing there. Yeah, so I guess we'll move into the second part where we are in the process of ranking each publisher of the generation or at least doing the top 10. Um, I kind of want you to take the lead on this one because I think you have persona to to take into account and then you have uh, for me I just have the Yakuza where you have persona and like the the Yakuza games so I I feel like yeah. you would probably be a better fit to at least start 
with where you think it should be. So I think they should get a B. Okay. Because just for like for zero six and judgment, and then obviously persona as well. Yeah, because like, uh, you know, Atlas is like uh, is under them, but it is like a mostly separate entity. I think you have to consider them, like, because like otherwise, like, I mean, Persona is one of your favorite games of the generation. No, it is, but I mean, even saying that, like, then the other things that they have done that are great are like obviously Yakuza stuff, which is a lot of good stuff, and uh. I mean, that's it, really, <laughs> because uh, like so, most Sonic games are generally pretty bad. I th- well, like Mania, like it's good, but like neither of us care. Yeah, like I like that game enough, but I am not the target demographic of people who grew up with Sonic and are super nostalgic for it. Right. So I do think that they have really good output for a lot of games, but then they also have some real garbage and they also haven't done. Like if, when you look at the list, they haven't done. A, they didn't do a lot this generation, except for like, the Yakuza. Team. Except for the Yakuza team, who like fucking was working overtime. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I personally, I think that it would be like a B. Okay. I I don't know if you feel differently than that. I I, I kind of figured that's where it would end up. Do you have yeah. an idea of where you'd put it on the list here? Uh, I would either, I would either put it under Capcom or under Five Hundred Five. So in either third or fourth. I was actually thinking the same place. Yeah. because uh, like I definitely like the Yakuza over anything Bandai Namco made. Yeah, and, and I, I would, I would say that too. And then, like, 505 is one of those where, like, I liked Control and Bloodstained. But mm-hmm. I think I would like... I think I liked the the Yakuza games more. Yeah, so, I mean, I... That's why I th- either 3 or 4 I would take, Yeah, I'm th- I think. I think putting them, like, right below Capcom is right where I was thinking, so... Yeah, which is not... When I thought about it in my head before this, I would not have... I, I don't know. In my brain, Sega sucks. They're saved and by I do, Yakuza. I, I, they are saved by Yakuza, and like they own Atlas. And they so I guess Persona, yes. Yeah, I don't know why in my head, when I think about Sega, the only thing that ever comes to mind is Sonic. Which they technically made one Sonic game this generation. Yeah, and then they let an outside developer make the good one. Yes. <laughs> so that that's why it's weird, because like... Sonic is synonymous with Sega. Right. And so then like it was a really jarring weird thing when in the beginning of the Sonic movie they had the Sega logo and like there was the fucking Yakuza thing in it. And I was like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh to kind of break down where we're at, uh Devolver was at number 10 and they are getting kicked off the list. Mhm. So now we have EA Electronic Arts at number 10. Number 9 is Activision. Number 8 is Blizzard. Number 7 is Chucklefish. Number 6 is Bethesda. Number 4 is Bandai Namco. 
Uh, number five is Bandai Info. Yeah. Number four is 505 Games. Number three is Sega. Number two is Capcom. And number one is Nintendo. Uh, now next week we have <laughs> the truly exciting for me and that is sony i am just going to warn people now i am a massive sony pony so uh it's so i i already know where i would put sony we'll have to uh, wait until next week yeah we'll have to have that argument it, it's, that time. it's just so fascinating because right now we're past halfway in Sega's third, so you're like, wow, they're going to end up pretty high. But then I think they're going to end up pretty low on this list by the end of it. Uh, I don't. I think, well, not like low, but like they're going to, I think, lower half. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I looking at th- everything other than Sony, mm-hmm. I don't know that I agree with that. Okay. See, we have some fun fights at the end. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the only one that I guess I could see is, like, Xbox. I'm going to fight for Ubisoft. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I enjoyed an Ubisoft product. See, that's where you and I very... Actually, enjoyed. oh, shit. No, I can. It was Assassin's Creed Black Flag. No, you enjoyed... Oh, Mario and Rabbids. Mario and Rabbids. You seem Fuck. disappointed by the fact that you like the Ubisoft. That's game. a Nintendo game. <laughs> that's a that's a Mario product. But yeah, like you you haven't played a, like a true Ubisoft game since I since what Unity? No, since Black Flag. No, you played Unity. Oh, Unity was after that. Fuck. Oof. So yeah, since Unity, I think. Where I've played Origins and Syndicate and Odyssey and the Far Cry games and yeah, I there's and I like a lot of them. So like this is so that's gonna be a fun fight. I feel Ubisoft is weird because I feel like they're another one where Nintendo was in that spot with Mario and Zelda where they needed to change something, and I think that Ubisoft is like reaching the peak of that point now for a lot of people. But they have. Which, I mean, we can wait. Well, but, like, I don't know that that's true. I'd Far Cry is, like, the same game. I meant Assassin's Creed. Oh, well, they did. They changed Assassin's Creed. But then every one of their games is now becoming the same game <laughs> to the point where it's bizarre. But then they had that whole big blow up with which we're completely getting off point here. Yeah, but, like, but they, I had, mean, they had that whole hopefully big... they delay all those things and they come out and are yes dope as hell see that's the thing about ubisoft is they rarely make games that you're like this is like game of the year top of the cream special mm-hmm. but they make great like top 10 fillers that's true i'll give you that where like assassin's creed a lot of the times it's not going to be like at the number one or number two on your list but like it's a solid like five or six you know type of thing so yeah that's fair and they make a lot of those, so that that's why I feel generally positive about Ubisoft. So. Yeah, I remember the crew too, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. We got yeah. we got what one, two, three, four, four weeks. So we got a month. Four, dude. When we talk about Warner Brothers, that's gonna be a six minute conversation. When we talk about, well, Take Two is gonna be an interesting one. That is true. They they've published a lot though. Well, two K has Rockstar is going to be quiet. Yeah, the Rock Rockstar would be nice. Square Enix is going to be a fun one because like oh, they boy. fucking published a lot of bullshit. Yeah, the Quiet Man that'll be a fun. 
<laughs> I kind of want to play the quiet man. You have time. Just to see how terrible it is. <laughs> yeah, I have time right now. It's yes. like two hours long. If <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that'll do it for us this week. We will be back next week when we will talk about Sony. Everybody get ready. Matt and I both love Sony. Yes. So you're, if you don't, don't listen. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, or at least just stop once we hit part part three. Yeah, once we hit part three. Um, <laughs> but I, I, we feel very strongly about most Sony games, I would say. So that that should be an interesting time yes. to, to see for sure. And we didn't even hit two hours on this episode. This is a shorty for us. Yeah, I think it helps that not a lot of news and we're hitting that stride of, you know, doing this weekly with that being said next week will probably be three hours as we're talking about sony for two hours (laughs) that's probably true and i i the other part of it is like i am playing games that are really long Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah i'm still playing that really long game so (laughs) it's weird it's a weird thing and then i played really short games that there's not a lot to say yeah like i mean how much can you talk about the pedestrian I, that's, hey, that's 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 something cool. yeah go look at it don't listen to me talk about it i would say <laughs> yeah all right so with that that'll do it for us as always the theme song is sting operation by the band Anamanaguchi. check them out they're an awesome chiptune band and we will catch you guys next week peace out